I want to talk today about what causes hunger in a believer. Because earlier this week, I spent two hours with some young disciples of Jesus. I'm guessing they were between 18 and 30. The leader was in his mid-50s. And these young people had such a hunger for God, for more of God. They were attentive to everything I was sharing. They asked questions. They leaned into the material I was teaching and interacted with it and with me. It was an amazing two hours that blessed me and in fact supercharged me. I felt at the end very encouraged and excited, not drained, not depleted as I often feel after teaching uh, believers. When people are hungry for more of God, it is so exciting to teach them. When they're not hungry, it's like dragging a dead horse uphill all the way. An effort, very unrewarding for the teacher and for me. So afterwards, I began thinking about the difference between today's experience and that which I most often encounter when traveling and teaching. And it seemed to be that it simply boils down to how hungry people are for more of God. And hunger leads people to be expectant, wanting to receive from God through the teachings. They come to the teaching anticipating meeting with God in some way within the teaching. So I questioned things and I asked myself, what causes hunger in a believer? And how can a person stay hungry regain their hunger for God. So we read in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who, keyword, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And yet so many people, so many believers, hunger and thirst, thirst for so many other things, hoping to fill that void they feel deep inside. It seems to be that the greatest blessings come to those who are hungering and thirsting for Jesus. Disciples who hunger after the bread of life. Disciples who hunger and are thirsty for living water, to put it in Bible terms. And so how can we develop this hunger for God? That's my question. How can we stay hungry for God? How can we regain our hunger for God? So I went looking for the answers. Number one, I think we need to receive hunger as a gift. Hunger for God isn't something that you can conjure up by yourself, for yourself. It's a gift, and it's a gift that we can only receive from Him. A lot of Christians try to coerce themselves into hunger for God, thinking, I've got to have more faith. I've got to have be more hungry. I've got to be more loving. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, and we read, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. I no longer live. But Christ lives in and through me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In the King James translation, part of that verse reads, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, because the Holy Spirit's living in us, the Spirit of Jesus lives in us, and he has faith, he believes, it is that faith that we then release and live by. So when we grasp that Christ is truly alive inside of us and that we're no longer alive in old, our old ways, then we can understand that all of our ability to live the Christian life comes from Jesus living his life in us and through us. All of our ability to love God comes from him. We love him because he first loved us, First John tells us. Our hunger for more of him also comes from him. So then we recognize that our hunger for God is because of Jesus' passion for the Father and the Holy Spirit. He has the hunger, and he thus gives that gift to us personally. So we need to simply ask for the hunger for more of God to grow within us. It's a gift. God most certainly wants to give us this gift to each and every one of us, because we are his children. Secondly, we need to ground ourselves in the fear of the Lord. True hunger for God comes from a revelation of the fear of the Lord. What's the fear of the Lord? It means to be reverent, to be in reverent awe of his holiness. It means to give him complete reverence and to honor him as the God of great glory, majesty, purity, and power. It means to be in serious awe of who God is, especially who he is in your life. For example, when God reveals himself to the Israelites at Mount Sinai through thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountains and a very loud trumpet blast, they all trembled in fear because of his great power. That's Exodus 19.16. When the psalm writer reflects on God as creator, he says, Let all the earth fear the Lord, for all the people of the world revere or honor and be in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. That's Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9. When you're grounded in the fear of the Lord, this awe, this reverent awe, this marvelous, serious awe of God, you want your life to bless him for his sake more than for your own sake or for your own gain. Then our hunger is fueled knowing that Jesus is the center of our salvation rather than ourselves. In other words, all of our life is by him, through him, and for him. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were chosen as a nation to be priests and kings for God's purpose and his glory. They feared him. They honored him. They served him. And when they understood this, they were on the right track. They were blessed. When, on the other hand, they focused on themselves, whether they were blessed or not, they lost their way and followed other gods. The fear of the Lord was not at the center of their hearts. Well, we develop the fear of the Lord simply by understanding who God is and then who he has made us to be. And when we are grounded in the fear of the Lord, you want God to be glorified in all aspects of your life. In fact, your entire motivation is to please him. 
And as you live life worthy of Jesus, a life that glorifies him in thought, word, and deed, then a deep hunger for God continues to overwhelm you. So ask God for this hunger and then ground yourself in the fear of the Lord. Thirdly, we need to read the Bible to develop a lasting hunger. And I am so thankful that God has given to us his word, the Bible. It's by reading and studying his word, because remember Paul said to Timothy that he was to study to show himself approved, a workman. It's by reading and studying his word that we discover God's ways and his character. We can't learn God's ways without knowing his word, which reveals who he is and speaks new life to us every day. Fresh manna, a revelation every day from the heart of the Father. By reading the Bible every day, spending time listening to his voice through the word, we are developing a lasting hunger for God. I have read the Bible cover to cover every year for the last 45 years, sometimes twice a year. Reading and studying God's Word has absolutely transformed me. It has caused me to be more in love with Him. It has caused me to be increasingly more hungry to know Him. So I really urge you to develop a disciplined approach to reading God's Word because it will create a broad and wide foundation for your spiritual life. Your passion for God will grow, your fear of the Lord will grow, and you will develop discernment about how he's leading you to live your life. Number four, express your devotion to God through prayer. As you read the Word, as you read your Bible, your understanding of God grows, as does your love and your devotion to God. And prayer becomes the way you express that love and that devotion. And I'm not just talking about ask and seek and knock, simply, but I'm talking about simply spending time with him, strengthening your relationship with him. The mechanics of your prayer life looks different in each different person's life. I pray early in the morning. I pray after spending time quietly listening for his voice. I pray after reading his word, the Bible. I do more listening than speaking. Prayer is a discipline of our faith, but when our hearts are devoted to Jesus, it doesn't feel like a chore. It becomes a deep pleasure, even though it's a discipline. So there are many ways that you can practice prayer. Find ways to pray that help you express your love and devotion to Jesus. Find ways to pray that helps and inspires you to develop a greater hunger for him. Don't copy others. Don't design your prayer life based on what everyone else does. Follow your heart. It's a personal relationship with him, not just a way to receive what you think you need in your life at this point in time. Number five, let encounters with God fuel your hunger. Encounters with God, that's experiences where you are touched by his presence and his power. 
Encounters with God are where our theology, our understanding of God and his word, becomes a reality. It's where the rubber hits the road. When we encounter God, we meet him in a very special and unique personal way. When we encounter and experience God, our faith in him becomes stronger, and we feel more secure in our faith and more connected to him. Not all encounters with God will be dramatic, but every encounter with God, with God has created or birthed, at least in me, a greater hunger for more of him. I have a greater hunger to know his heart better and hear what he has to say. And each encounter, big or small, has strengthened that hunger, has strengthened my faith. In the scriptures in John chapter 20, Thomas told the other disciples that he wouldn't believe that Jesus had been risen from the dead. He says in verse 25, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. So Thomas is saying, unless I have an encounter with the living God, unless I have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, I won't believe. When Thomas eventually met Jesus in verse 29 of John chapter 20, when Thomas eventually had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What's Jesus saying? I believe he's saying that encounters and personal experiences are good, but they don't create faith. They strengthened your faith. They encourage us in our faith. They even deepen our faith. But faith is created in our hearts and comes to us simply by hearing his voice through his word and as he speaks to us in times of prayer. Romans 10 verse 17 states, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And the word there, for word is rhema, which means a personal revelation to you in your current situation and circumstance. So as you're reading your Bible, something lights up, something speaks to you, something catches fire in your heart. That's a rhema word, and it's that word of Christ which builds your faith. But encounters build your hunger. Experiences with God will fuel your hunger. There are many people who are hungry for God that have never experienced God physically like Thomas did. And yet they believe in him, continue to press in. And I believe that they're more blessed than those who have had big encounters with God. You see, God is present and good, whether we feel him or not. So my point is, an encounter with God is a beautiful part of our journey of developing greater hunger for God. It fuels our desire. It fuels our passion. It fuels our hunger. But it can't determine our faith in who God is. Number six. We need, if we're going to have a continuing hunger, if we are going to um, rekindle our hunger, if we are going to get our first taste of that hunger for God, number six, we need to avoid hunger-suppressing fillers. We need to avoid hunger-suppressing fillers. 
because we're all made with the built-in desire for God. We're made to be hungry for Him. But if we snack and fill up in other areas that satisfy for a short time, that hunger for God will grow dull. Now, these fillers look different for different people. For some, fillers are numbing habits that allow us to disengage with life. For others, it's buying more possessions. For others, it's a great social life and always being surrounded by friends. For others, it can be alcohol, drugs, sex. The way to figure out if something in your life is a filler is to ask yourself how you're motivated. What motivates you to keep moving forward? What motivates you? What fuels your get up and go? Who is the beneficiary of the things you're pursuing? Is it God, others, or you? The things that will develop hunger for God in you will be motivated by your love for God. And they will be things you do for others as a result of God's love for you. These things will result in God being glorified rather than result in your personal gain. Other things that are self-centered and benefit just you are hungry, suppressing fillers that need to be seriously avoided. And then last but not least, number seven, pursue a God-focused life. Be Christ-centered. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit must be at the center of our lives. We must put him first in our lives. And then our hearts will be filled with the fear of the Lord, and all our motivations will be for his glory. All of our affections will be focused on God, and all of our behaviors will come into line with that affection, that passion, that love. Matthew 6, verses 31 to 33. So then don't worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? And these aren't things we need to be praying about, by the way, constantly. For the unconverted pursue these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But above all, above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So remember the lead verse, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and Jesus is the righteousness of God in our lives, for they will be filled. So if we don't fill with other fillers, but we seek and hunger and thirst for Jesus, then we will be filled, and all these other things will be added onto us. And of course, the great commandment, which gives us our foundational focus in all of life, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So keep God, keep your relationship with God as the central focus and the motivation of your daily life. So prayer, our prayer, should be that our hunger for God will increase every day. That God will enable and empower us to stay focused on Him in everything we do. That our fellowship with the Holy Spirit will grow sweeter and deeper. And that we can, will, can and will experience His presence every day. 
that through his word, the Bible, and his world, we will see the hand of God active in our lives on a daily basis because that fuels our hunger for more of him. We should pray that our lives will be ever increasingly filled with his joy and his contentment. And I think last but not least, our prayer should be that we may live a life loving and pleasing him as you walk in his love and give it away to those who don't know him personally. I hope and pray that you have a hunger for God. I pray that if you had a hunger and have lost it and other things have taken its place, other fillers have filled that void, but only in a temporary and very unsatisfactory way, that you would once again ask God to give you hunger for him. And I pray that you, once you have that hunger, can stay hungry and in fact grow more hungry for God every day.